feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer. I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. Dom and Chris here, and uh, before we kick this episode off, as always, make sure you subscribe to all of our socials. Go listen to those episodes, make some comments, and follow and subscribe to us, please. Come on, do that. Like, we're putting out some really quality content for you. Just, you know, do us a solid. It helps grow the channel, and if you have any suggestions on episodes you'd like to see, we're all ears. So, uh... Chris, we're in the middle of a block. I know, and we're in a very special block. So we're talking about really real athletes. Totally real athletes. We're talking about guys who started off playing some sort of actual sport, and I, didn't, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, even though I just made a joke, and then they went on to be pro wrestlers. An unscripted sport. That's right. Exactly. An unscripted sport is probably the most gentlemanly way <laughs> of saying that. And we're talking about Bill Goldberg today. Bill Goldberg, or just Goldberg. Well, not yet. Not former goalie and defenseman of District 5. Peewee hockey. We're talking about Goldberg, the man, the myth, the The legend legend. of the late 90s, early 2000s. That's right. Not the uh, baking apprentice that we all know from the Minnesota Mad Men. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) William Scott Goldberg, born uh, December 22nd, 1966 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, His mother was a classical violinist and his dad was an OBGYN. So, smart family. I was just going to say, very highly educated family um, and uh, Jewish family. So, his, his parents, one side was Russian um, Jewish, the other side was Romanian Jewish. And they, something that he had said, like, growing up was that he felt like he had to go to school twice. So, he would go to school and then he would have to go to, like, re- his religious studies. His Hebrew school, yeah. Yes. And then he was talking about, he was just like, when football came around, it was just like, dude, this is like a break. Yeah. I remember him saying that where that's what like really festered this love of football where I don't have to learn. I can learn stuff, but like not the stuff I'm really learning. And I get to hit people. That's true. Yeah. So this dad was a graduate of Harvard and Johns Hopkins, which is like, wow. Yes. Um, his mom was also breeding flowers, an award winning hybrid orchid in 2000, which is just a family of high achievers, I guess. Named after yep. Bill Goldberg. Exactly. Um, so we talked about football, um, was a very large dude growing up, said he was a bouncer at a nightclub when he was 16. That's how he, he was probably like six, four, you know, whatever, two fifty. Cause he, he gets bigger than that. And you're just thinking, you're like, oh yeah, he's 16 and God, he was, he was huge. They were scouting him for bar duty at his bar mitzvah. That's, that's. <laughs> That's what they were doing. They were like, look at, did you see how we took down that usher? Oh, my God. Um, so in, uh, uh, at Tulsa, at Edison High School on the football team, he uh, really played extremely well. So well, in fact, he earned a scholarship to a D1 powerhouse of a school. Yeah, so he ends up going to Georgia. He becomes a Georgia Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Um And the ACC, I believe now they're in the Pac-12. (laughs) Something like that. Just kidding. ACC, (laughs) SEC, Pac-12, Big Ten. Does it matter? Does it matter? I heard they were in the Mexican League for a while. They had some problems with their knees. They're playing down in the Mexican League. If you're going to say that, tell me you're from the Yankees. Is that you, Goldberg? (laughs) 
Um, so, but he does, and he's a, a, a very efficient defensive tackle. Yeah. He's everything you want in a defensive tackle. He's pure muscle. He's 6'6". He's a little racist. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, at, at Georgia, he does have a, a pretty successful career. So I think they went like 9-3. and three. Because he he went eight, he played eighty seven eighty eight and uh, eighty nine yeah so I mean he's a starter on a very competitive college football team and because he is he gets drafted he's actually he's not an undrafted free agent like probably another person we'll talk about he achieved in college I was just gonna say and he says this because I I watched a couple of documentaries on him um, where that was his dream he, he yeah wasn't into anything else. He wanted to be a professional football player and have this storied career. You know what I mean? And he talked about it. He was just like, I, I, the only thing I wanted to do was play a decade in the NFL. And you're just like, oh, yeah. But, Chris, that's a normal dream. I mean, nobody wakes up one day and says, you know what? I'd like to wear tights and fake wrestle people. Maybe some glitter. Maybe some glitter. Definitely some oil. Maybe a bucket of chestnuts in the car. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> so he's picked in the 11th round, 301st overall in the 1990 NFL draft. I think they did 12 rounds up until 92. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is awesome. Um, by the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Um, picked up by the Rams and doesn't do great. No. That's what they said. It, it, sometimes you just don't fit in. He's kind of a tweener. Yes. His size where he's a little bit too light to be playing defensive tackle and he's a little less athletic to be put outside it in. I was just going to say he's not quick enough to be put outside, so he's just kind of stuck. And it's kind of sad because he just doesn't make it at that pro level. So he, he kind of bounces around. He's in the World League uh, with a Sacramento surge and then with, in the CFL with another Sacramento team because that's when they expanded to America thinking those big end zones, oh, those Americans haven't seen this yet. I'll tell you what, it made, seeing this made me want to start a football competition i don't know God. just like the world football league the cfl xfl it was just like oh yeah there were so many leagues back then they tried so hard he Ugh. did he did come back and get a shot with the falcons in 94 yeah um but gets cut and then gets uh drafted because we get an expansion team yeah carolina and the 95 expansion draft picks him up and uh, unfortunately for him, he suffers a very devastating injury. So when I read this, you, yeah. it's one of those where you're just like that. It made me think of the Bo Jackson one. where he, It really did. Yeah. Only his bone doesn't die. But you're just like, that is so horrendously painful. So he ripped his ad abdomen apart from his pelvis. <laughs> The fuck? Just I, like it—it's so crazy. Um, this the, sounds like a World War One injury. Yes, like. it literally does. The Panthers have to cut him because they're like, "Dude, you're done." And he is officially the first person to ever be cut by the Carolina Panthers, which I do love. That that's they—they they can never take that away from you, Goldberg. Well, and he said he—he he really thought he was going to rehab, come back, and be given another shot. And it was kind of made clear that no team was going to even, like, take a shot on him. Yeah, when you have 11 tackles in your four years in the NFL. Yes. I mean, that's – and you, you're coming off an injury like that. Yep, that was know? the big thing that they were you're saying. You're coming off a battle of the Somme injury that no one's going to – you know, they're, they're, they're not looking your way, Goldberg. 
But uh, even though his NFL career was over, he started rehabbing and powerlifting, trying to get back in at an MMA gym where a lot of real wrestlers were now working we're out. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Doggy. Um, and he gets – because he, he does have this look of pure muscle and, like, his his – he almost has like like the bald with the huge nose. It's like very just like intimidating. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, he scared like, the shit out of me when I was a kid. Exactly. So um, he gets um, discovered by Sting and Lex Luger, who oh, those were the days. Told him like, "Hey, you have the per- perfect body. You have the charisma. Like you have all of this. Go to this like they had like training facilities that we talked about with uh, Kurt Angle that he went to. Yeah. Um, and they just saw right away because he was just so dominant or whatever, you know, like you're built like a defensive tackle. Yep. And you are not socially inept. No, that was give it a shot. Yes. <laughs> like that was a huge that was a huge thing. I like how he started off though his name he went by Bill Gold. All right. Now I want I'm glad you brought this up. So I want to talk about why the WCW did that. Most yes. of their fans are in the Midwest. Well, of course. And the one thing that those people hate it's a fucking Berg at the end of a name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they were like, look, we know you're Jewish, but we're going to go by Bill Gold. We'll tell him you're... I'd like to see them insult him to his face, we'll though. Tell, we'll tell him like, you're Let's Iranian. take that dip-stained George Strait shirt right off you and kick the ever-loving piss. Oh, my piss. God. He is... Look, you want to throw some hard Ks? I don't That's... think you do. That's he's the Jew. We knew you were gonna do it. Oh, crime dog. Oh man, but he's the kind of Jew that every Jew is just like, no, no, no. We're calling, we're calling in our guy. (laughs) But instant, instant success. Even as uh, Bill Gold, that's what they were saying. It was just like he wasn't very proficient as a wrestler, but you can just see that the fans immediately like reacted to him. Well, and he's an athlete, so it's not like he's out of. It's like he has to learn the moves and the technique. It's not just going to come overnight. Exactly. Plus, he's probably even more raw than somebody like a Kurt Angle who has a non-real wrestling background. Fake wrestling. <laughs> Mister, you get that gay sex out of here. <laughs> but <laughs> gay sex gold medalist. Kurt Angle. Um, <laughs> USA! That last. But you're right. He doesn't have the grappling skills. <laughs> that just sounded even less heterosexual. <laughs> you know what he does have that other men probably don't have? It's <laughs> just a kick-ass spear. Yeah, he this does. Is, but this is the thing that they said just to kick actually back into it. That they said was they used the tools that he had, which uh. was quick matches, and he would do a football sty- style spear, and that was like pretty much on- the only thing he was doing while they while he first came out. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, like, d- and give the people what they want too. Mm-hmm. They want to see grown men spearing each other, That's or the right. illusion of it, or the illusion. I don't know. Some of those I was looking at them; they looked pretty rough yeah oh no i mean it, the pain is real yeah. it's the outcome is not <laughs> the pain is real <laughs> so uh by early 1998 he finally starts going by goldberg that's right because nobody wants to take him on and uh he basically just becomes the newest star of the wcw um i saw an interview with one of the guys that was like the commissioner or whoever he was talking about they were like we couldn't believe 
how big he would he was getting like in this short period of time yeah because they started this whole thing with like the streak and how he was like undefeated even though he actually i saw he actually lost one of his first five matches uh-huh. in like they were called like a dark match so they weren't televised so nobody technically knew <laughs> but they just kind of came in and rode this wave because they just they they said they literally reacted as to what the fans reaction was they were like the fans literally dictated his rise because they were so excited about him. They're, yeah, I mean, he's the new guy on the block, and he's winning 74 matches in a row, That's right. although it's disputed by some, but still, he just keeps winning. The winning never stops. Uh, I saw somebody say something that was just like, well, one week it was like 42, and the next week it was like 58. I think that was Jericho, yeah. And, yeah. and he just goes, I don't know how they had 15 matches in seven days, but... Whatever. I bet um, you they did in the 50s. That would be awesome. Like, I bet you they did. Yes. Like, just like, we're going again. No, it's three shows tonight. Um, so he, he gets into a, a feud or whatever you want to call it. They actually call it a program, which I really enjoy because yeah. it, it really does lay it out because it's never one match. It's always like fucking three matches, you know, um, with Diamond Dallas Page. Who yeah, has he a is. Very great yoga video. Check it out. If you want to get flexible with DDP. Do it up. Um, so he yes. beats him and he becomes the champ. Mm-hmm. Becomes the, that, that's how big of a star he is. And they were saying that he was actually, in this time, he was actually more popular than Hulk Hogan, which yep. people thought was, like, impossible. Which is ludicrous to think, but he was. He was. Like, Hulk's starting to lose his hair. And he was in the, he was in the bad guy, the heel phase. Yeah. So it's, he started to lose his popularity. Goldberg literally doesn't do anything but spear people. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I had a friend who loved wrestling, and that's what he said. He was just goes, it is so fun when he just comes out and you just spear someone, and you're just like, all right, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, I mean, that's really all you need. Give the people what they want. They didn't come here to watch dialogue no matter how well acted it is. They came to watch the Spears. Okay, so you are so wrong with this because we all know wrestling is redneck Broadway. Broadway? It's redneck Shakespeare. uh, There you go. These classically trained thespians. That's South Park when they're all outside and they flick the lights for the second act. Oop, they flick the lights to come back in. Ah, South Park. Um, So he ends up uh, (laughs) losing to Kevin Nash at Starcade, which I I thought Starcade might be the stupidest name. Oh, dude. Some of these names are terrible. Which is so weird. Uh, Come back to Spring Stampede. He beats Nash, but actually... In a taser match. In a taser ladder match, which I didn't... I, I had to look as to what that was. It's the first person to get tased. Oh God! It was an actually it was uh, interesting because they mic'd him, and you hear Kevin Nash go, "Don't tase me, bro! Don't tase me, bro!" Um, they actually then fake an injury, which I love when they do that, so he could film a movie. Yeah. Did you ever watch that? Uh, I never watched the movie, okay. no. I, I, and this is why I brought it up, because I distinctly remember watching it. I can't tell you one thing that happened in it. <laughs> like, I, I swear to God, I remember watching it. I, it's about a soldier. Sounds very Cena-like. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. see him. <laughs> all right, so we come back to Starcade uh, next year, and this is like his biggest controversy oh yeah let's get into this oh boy so and this is what people are saying at this point he's starting to have like longer matches but he's still not 
a polished wrestler. No, he's beating the hell out of people. Because, and this is what I guess I wouldn't think, um, is that if you are not in sync with that person, you are going to hurt them. Yeah. And this is what uh, Bret Hart, who came out and said he just like, he wasn't, he wasn't, it was an unsafe working environment. And I remember thinking that it was just like, oh yeah, if this was a Broadway play, I swear to God, I'm not going to make this joke anymore. But if this was a Broadway play and there was like a fucking fight and somebody was going too hard, you'd yeah. be like, dude, you need to chill the fuck out. Or like, you know, one of the guys, the stagehands was just completely schnockered and just dropping sandbags. Exactly. Like, you're supposed, you're supposed to be flying in the scene and he's just like, woo. Like, it's just, in, <laughs> and that's what he said. So he catches him with a kick and uh, gives him a really, really bad concussion. Yeah. Um, he ends up uh, finishing the match and beating uh, Bret Hart beats him. Uh-huh. Um, he then Bret Hart downplays how bad the concussion is, wrestles like three or four times more, and then has to retire because he has yeah. Um, I forgot what they called it. it. Was like long concussion syndrome or whatever. It's like long COVID, but but it was like a perpetual. His concussion was so bad that he was not going to get better. Yeah, like you're, you're you're living in a fog for a while. For yes, and and to continue to wrestle and all that, and that's what people were saying is why they were so mad at him was it, it almost like he didn't give the respect that some other wrestlers did. No, you you keep your buddies wrestling with you for as long as you can go. You milk all the storylines. You don't just decapitate someone. Exactly. Like um unsafe. Yeah. Um <laughs> It's brutal. And then and then another incident almost oh, a horrible injury where nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, give it to me. Yeah, I got a drink. On Festivus nineteen ninety nine. It was for during Thunder. Um he chased the NWO limo in the parking lot, pounded the windshield with his hands, and used a pipe to beat it, and suffered a forearm slash that Got to an artery. Well, they said he was only supposed to use the pipe. He got super excited. Punched, How could you not, though? Punched through the windshield. And then they, the doctor said he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have lost his hand. <laughs> we're not, like, joking around, like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, that was horrible. And he's out, like, a good almost six months. Yes. Like, from this injury. And just, you know, we start to see some interesting matches with him over the next couple of years. Well, and this is where WCW starts to fade. Yes. So like him being out six months is a huge knock to their ratings. Him, like all of this stuff is happening where the other, the WWF is starting to become like the main player or whatever the, whatever you want to say. And they're dominating in the ratings. So even when he comes back, it's not as. No, you know? it's, it's not as popular. Yeah. I mean, you're only going to fight Jeff Jarrett so many times. Exactly. Exactly. Um, went on another nice long match streak, though. Um, unfortunately, WCW is a commodity, and it is sold to WWF by March 2001. And Goldberg has an interesting contract situation. I was just going to say, the contracts on these are so crazy because a lot of the wrestlers took, like, buyouts yeah. through from WWE, and then they did that in agreement to sign with them and become wrestlers. Yeah. People have said this. Goldberg was, has kind of downplayed it, but people are like, Goldberg doesn't give a fuck about wrestling. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to be a wrestler. They said, hey, 
you're gonna we're gonna pay you the rest of this contract and guess what you literally don't have to do anything and he was just like yes i'm gonna do that and for 2.5 million i think anyone would i feel like that's what it was reported which i thought which was you're just like oh yeah he and then he gets to rest all his injuries and then the other thing that i saw was they could they're allowed to wrestle in japan yeah you got to go over there because i guess like their contracts only say because in Japan, wrestling is so big that they make so much money that they stipulate that in their contracts. They're just like, no, 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 I'm allowed to wrestle in Japan. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he goes over there, makes a shit ton of money, uh, comes back and signs a one-year deal with the WWE. Yeah, he does. Which and this is where it kind of backfires. Yeah, he starts going after The Rock. Oh, yeah. This is kind of the heyday of that. Um, as far as backfiring, you want to get into that? Well, he... Because he's not in it for a long time. No. So he, like, beats The Rock. Um, I think he beats Triple H for the championship. Mm-hmm. And then he starts a feud with Brock Lesnar. And that doesn't end well. That's where you see. And I, I remember thinking how interesting this was, was how into wrestling wrestling fans are, was they were so aware that these were these two guys' last under contract match. Yeah, they they literally booed them throughout the whole match. So it's such a it's such a weird thing that they were so it's almost like you're fucking it's almost like your favorite player is just like, no, 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 I'm not resigning next year. This is my last game. And like it, it it's it, almost like going to a Broadway play and knowing those people will never act again. Chris, <laughs> ah, crime dog, ah, crime dog. Oh, man. No, seriously. So they they proceed to boo him. <laughs> yeah, they do. His last match ever. And this gives him a huge resentment. So he said he, he was kind of like done with wrestling. Mm. Um, they bring him back later on. I think it was like 2017 or something. Yeah, so like all this is happening in 2004. Um, May 14, 2004 at WrestleMania Mania 20 is when yes. this match yes. took place. And, and it was supposed to be huge. And Stone Cold was, I think, the oh, referee yes. for it. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, um, I, I did read one thing that I thought was funny was they realized everybody was booing him. So Stone Cold, the ref, just goes, hey, I'm going to do the stunner to both of you. And they were like, all right. So he does it to Brock, and he, like, hoists Goldberg's hand like he was, like, a champion. And then he just turns around and does it to him, and the crowd goes wild. And oh. you're like, now that's a, fu- that's a man who can improv better than anybody. Uh, I believe Stone Cold just yes-anded his way to a victory. That's right. Real wrestling. <laughs> that's what it is. He just goes, guys. This crowd isn't receiving us like this crowd isn't receiving the fanfare that I thought they did. Cock. <laughs> stomp, clap, stomp, stomp, clap, stomp, clap, and that's wrestling. Did Stone Cold draw on his abs? Goddamn right he did. So yeah, 2017, uh, but WrestleMania 33 is when he. Faced Lesnar again and ended up losing his title. Um, then the following year, he was inducted into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. And he's been, you know, he's been more in movies now and media than anything else. Yes, than, like wrestling. I was just gonna say he's more of a celebrity than, yeah, a wrestler. A wrestler. And which kind of is good because you you see some of these guys who went on like The Rock or John Cena, but you see some of these other guys who didn't. Where you you wonder what his life would have been if he if he kind of kept into the wrestling for all of those years. Oh, know? right. Or just didn't, you know, take his, not to say take took his money and ran, but just like, I've had a successful career, and now I don't want to have steroid abuse or die of concussions. Yes. 
So that's, I mean, yeah, he, I bet he gave a lot of guys a lot of concussions. A lot. <laughs> I'm just saying the spear, it looked like it hurt a lot. Of he dudes. is giving away CTE like hotcakes. <laughs> just flipping thank, them out. Thank you guys so much. Goldberg.